freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today is Sunday, October 23rd, 2011. The show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central Time. And it is all about the critical moment of choice that humanity is rapidly racing headlong toward. And that moment of choice is definitely a moment of truth. We have to make up our mind about which side of that equation we each as individuals are on. So today on the show, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. It's going to be uh, an all call-in show once again. I'm going to be taking calls on natural law because over the last many shows, I haven't really had much time to get into taking calls because uh, quite frankly, I really wanted to focus on getting this all important information on natural law out to the public in as unadulterated of a fashion as I possibly could. So um, I definitely have neglected uh, our callers over the last uh, several shows, probably for about the last nine shows actually. I mean I took a few calls here and there when I could, but again I wanted the information to be frontmost. So today I'm going to make up for that imbalance by doing an all-call-in show and the topic for discussion is natural law. Anything that has been covered over the past nine weeks on natural law and its principles and its, uh, its uh, manifestations in our world uh, can be is fair game uh, for discussion today. So the call-in number for the show is 866-841-1067. One zero six five. Once again, the call-in number eight six six eight four one one zero six five. All show nothing but call-ins and questions. Any questions that you may have, anything that you may need clarified on the topic of natural law, any scenarios that you want to pose. Last week, I know we covered some rather controversial material, actually the last couple of weeks, on force versus violence and the distinct differences between uh, those two things in our world. 
uh, I'd like to take some calls on that with any scenarios that people may want to present to ask about what is or is not within the boundaries of natural law. So um, that's coming up on what on earth is happening. I do have one quick um, event announcement. Next, this Wednesday, coming up, Wednesday, October 26th, 2011 at 7.15 p.m. at Media Bureau Studios, 725 North 4th Street here in Philadelphia, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity presents its free monthly documentary screening and discussion night. This month, we are showing the film Defense Against the Psychopath. What is psychopathy? What are the personality traits and behavioral characteristics of a psychopath? And most importantly, what are the best defensive strategies in dealing with psychopaths in our everyday world? This Wednesday, October 26th, 7 p.m. at Media Bureau Studios here in Philadelphia. We'll be right back, folks. I was born a shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand yeah. And that's why we do everything that we do here on What on Earth is Happening so that the stand does not need to be made from behind a gun so it can be made through the force of truth and the power of truth. That is why this show exists. That is why I put this information out into the world. Nobody wants to see it come to anything like that. If it must, it must. But we need to get this done through consciousness. That's the only way that the effect will ever be lasting. Understand that, ladies and gentlemen. So, Again, the topics for discussion, I want to basically you know, lay the framework for what we're going to do today because, again, usually I say, in most shows I say, and any topic is on the table. It's uh, no taboo topics. Talk about anything you want. For the show today, we are taking calls on natural law, on anything that has been covered as part of the overarching solution to the problems in human consciousness, dealing with natural law and its principles. That is the topic for discussion and questions here today. So, you could call in and talk about the principles of natural law that we covered several weeks ago. You could talk about natural law expressions or how natural law functions to bring us our experience in this uh, three-dimensional domain. Okay, you could talk about morality and the difference between right and wrong. We covered the great uh, essay by Aquinas and the commentary on that by David Leneff on Lucid Streams. You could talk about what our rights are and what they are not. You could discuss apophysis, the uh, negative pathway to truth, affirmation through negation. Okay, you could talk about the uh, non-violence or non-aggression principle. You could talk about the transgressions against natural law, what harmful actions actually are, and try to get a better handle on that, what our rights are not because these actions uh, cause harm. 
Okay, you could talk about the dynamic of force versus violence, uh, the understanding of the non-transference of natural law rights. There are rights are simply inherent and can't be transferred to other people. Oh, they can be abdicated by us, most certainly, but you can't give a non-existent right, a right that doesn't exist because it's based in violence, to someone else and then give them moral license to go and conduct that activity. Okay, we can talk about what living in harmony with natural law leads to, or with what living in opposition to natural law leads to. Any questions about natural law? Anything that you want me to clear up over what was covered over the last nine weeks? Any scenarios that you want to bring up or have questions about? That's what's on the table for today. So we are somewhat limiting the discussion. Please, if you're going to call in, keep it on topic. We're, we're trying to be focused here about natural law because this is so important in helping to gain an understanding of what the real solutions, what the real causal, fundamental causal dynamics of the problem are. And getting to the understanding of natural law is one of the fundamental solutions to that problem, okay? To our problems in consciousness. So the call-in number once again, 866 841 1065 your calls the whole show coming up on what on earth is happening here today let's go to the phones right away we have a few callers in queue already here we go tim in virginia you are live on what on earth is happening what do you have for us today hey, how, how you doing mark great Good. to hear you um, first time caller, big big fan though. I always listen to you though. You got you pinned it off. You, I had it wrote down. But I wanted I wanted to talk about that show because I think you did two weeks ago the force and violence. That sure. was a remarkable show. I mean, it was it's you, what you covered there. Everybody needs to go back and listen to that one. And for sure, that one that you did on the piece, how that happens. That is a box and. And so that's you know I, what I what is the force and violence is that is that you know America goes into like Libya and wants to try to show force, but all it's actually did is displayed to the world is just nothing but violence and just look at what Libya it's now. That's and right. That's pretty much how they, the elite have just turned everything upside down. You know, black is white kind of thing. We don't want to lead by we don't want to lead by moral example in this country and actually setting a good example for other countries to follow because uh, our citizens and government uh, really do understand the principles of natural law and attempt to embody them within ourselves. You know, if we really did that, we wouldn't need these controls of government, you know, like people insist that we do. We would be able to shake those chains off and live as natural law beings, truly free, and set that example for the rest of the world. But instead, we wage wars of imperialism, which is all based in violence. It's saying, this is how we think everyone else should live, and we're going to uh, uh, make people live that way under threat of harm or actual do physical harm to them to make them obey how we want them to live. And that sets no example at all. All that shows people is that you're the bully of the world, and ultimately they're not going to want to really accept any of your philosophies, whether they be true or not, because they're going to see you as a total imperialist aggressor, which is what this country really is. And that's what our troops really need to understand. Uh, that's the force that they're serving. They're not serving the force of truth and goodness when they join up for the military in this country. They're serving the force of violence. They're serving the dynamic of violence. It's not, not a, the force of violence at all. It's, it's the illusion that you can actually make any positive changes in consciousness come about through violence. It can never be done that way. 
Yeah, that's you just summed it up right there. <laughs> you just powered in about a half hours worth of reading through a book on, on violence and force in just a couple minutes there. So, yeah, that's um, you got it right. I mean, that's what we do is cause problems. But um, yeah, I just that's what I wanted to bring up is the force and violence thing that you that show is everybody that didn't listen to that one should go back and listen to it again and. Um, I appreciate that. That that is on podcast number eighty one. If people want to go back and check that information out, uh, Tim, thanks so much for the call. Um, let's go on and uh, go on to the next caller, uh, Richard in Washington State. You're live on what on earth is happening. Welcome. Yeah, thank thanks for taking my call. I uh, wanted to call in last week or the week before, whichever, whichever the show was for force and violence. Yes. And I was listening to Melody's show about Clint Richardson and Corporation Nation. I don't know if you're familiar with I the, am. the individual. Okay. His uh, kind of presentation was the, the Constitution had really, was just another legal document and had provisions in it to take away the rights of people. I agree. And I tried, I, well, okay, I, I tried to, to present the, the thing that what it was significant about was it acknowledged and documented uh, the provision of natural uh, law and gave the individuals under God's sovereignty. And and so, I, you know, since you agreed, I'd like to just hear your feedback sure. on, on those two Well, I think there are there is a dichotomy within the Constitution. While it does attempt to set the people up as sovereigns and uh, respect natural law principles in some regards, in other sections and in other enumeration of power, uh, in the enumeration of powers, it actually subverts those principles. It subverts those principles by doing something, by granting powers to the government, which no individual possesses, and that's namely the power to tax, the power to lay and collect taxes. That's an important understanding within the Constitution that those areas which grant those powers okay are subversion of natural law principles no one no individual has that power so those powers can never actually be granted to any group of individuals calling themselves a government we'll pick this up on the other side stay on the line with us richard you're listening to what on earth is happening here on oracle broadcasting we'll be right back We're back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com, if you go up there, there are some images that go along with uh, today's show. They're basically images that we've already covered in the past, but they form a nice summary of the natural law principles that we've covered over the last nine weeks here on this show. So there's, I believe, um, um, 11 images up on the the radio show page. If you go to whatonearthishappening.com and you click the radio show tab, you'll be taken to the show, uh, the page with the player. Right under the player, it says images for today's show. And you can take a look at those slides, which are basically a review of the concepts we've covered again over the last uh, several weeks on what on earth is happening. We were on the line with Richard in Washington State, and I was to- he was asking 
uh, what my take was on the Constitution and how it, uh, what kind of a job it did either in enshrining natural law or in um, basically subverting it and setting up um, the pathway for uh, this country to come in and uh, subvert people's natural law rights. And I said it does both actually, which is why it is in my estimation an ambiguous document at best. I think we did much, much better in um, helping to convey natural law principles to people in the Declaration of Independence. I think that's where we really should have stopped, and I think that's where we need to get back to are those principles uh, that were enshrined in 1776, which is why that is an extremely mystical date uh, in this country's history, and for many other reasons. Uh, we talked about that when we looked at the uh, gematria, the occult numerology in the Great Seal of the United States and that symbology. But uh, my answer was basically that while it does set the uh, people in this country up as, a, as sovereigns, as people who are not subjects, who are not slaves, it then basically uh, reverts to lower-minded principles when it sets up a system of taxation. Because if no one individual, or any individual for that matter, has the right to lay and collect taxes on another individual, that power, that right can never, that non-existent right, okay, that wrong, I should say, can never be granted or conferred to another group of people. So I covered this on the slide that says, know the law, meaning no natural law, not man's law, that rights that do quote unquote rights that do not exist for an individual cannot be granted or conferred by man's law to any other individual or to any group of individuals. This is the non-transference, the non-transferability of non-existent rights. Okay, so wrongs can never be granted to another person. If something is wrong, it is always wrong to do because it is always based in harm or fraud. So it is always based on a natural law transgression, and you can't do that natural law transgression. There's only one instance that, that a natural law transgression is no longer a natural law transgression, and that's when your physical being is being threatened or your rights are being threatened. So someone else is coming at you with violence. You have a right to defend your property or your rights with force in the physical domain if that is necessary to stop that attack from that that incoming attack of violence that's the only time when that is is allowed to occur under natural law you reserve the rights to protect your body to protect your rights and to protect, protect your property so um let me go back to richard in washington state richard does that uh answer your question and uh if so do you have any other uh, questions or comments on natural law well, you brought up taxation. My understanding of the original document, the original framework of the document, was that there was no taxation. It was all uh, duties and levies on commerce. And it wasn't until the corporate United States was created starting after Jackson and in 1871, and that fraudulent institution of a corporate uh, government, that the, the, pro the uh, aspect of taxation was brought in. Uh, do you see a difference between the original framework that, that our founders guaranteed us and the the uh, fraudulent 
presentation that the the corporate document uh, started to bring in after it was was changed as as significant or it's, it's significant in that there was a devolution there as well, and it went further against natural law principles. And uh, in addition, the 16th Amendment also goes further against natural law principles, even though the Supreme Court says that that didn't fundamentally change any of the powers of the government. It is, it is still the fundamental nature of taxation on its face, prima facie, is violence. It is saying, regardless of whether you're granting it to be done to a corporate entity or, or a cartel or anything, on its face, the action of taxation, no matter who you're taking it from or who you're giving that money to or for what purpose it's for, is based in violence. It is saying you don't have free will in this matter. You well, must... That, that's it. I, I fully agree with that, but that's my, my idea is that the original framework, the, the uh, framers were trying to get away from taxation by the king, and they created the individual sovereignty who could not be taxed. It wasn't until that was overturned by, like I said, the, the fraudulent presentation of a new government uh, that that... that a prospect was created. Right. The, you're talking about the U.S. dot the United States Corporation. Exactly. Right. And and when it's, with that in mind, uh, are you familiar with uh, American Freedom? A conversation in the all capital letters United States. And do you support the the information that is provided in that work? Well, I I understand about UCC and Admiralty Law, and I think it's all fraudulent. It's all based on getting someone to identify with a smaller concept of who they really are and not really understanding their sovereignty and not understanding themselves higher s case higher uh, uh, capital s uh, self not understanding who you really are what yourself truly is uh, that's the way that they get you to uh, uh, capitulate to authority in human form uh, and uh, basically identify again with yourself as something that you are not, which namely in this instance is a corporate entity or uh, something that is subjugated to the rules of another being. So um, uh, yeah, I, I'm familiar with, with all of that and uh, I think it's all just needs to be rejected on its face as a complete uh, deception and something that is done only because these people know the spiritual nature of this dimension and they know that they don't have any rights under natural law to do what they are doing so they have to trick someone into giving up their rights the, uh, by getting them to identify with something that they are not. Exactly. Well, that, that's my understanding of the Constitution, that it provided, uh, you know, acknowledgement and documentation that made the individual sovereign under God. And, and because of that, we, we then had the uh, status of kings or sovereigns. And without that, what is going to give us uh, any ability to utilize our natural law rights within the context of, of the present civilization. Well, how I would respond to that is that the Constitution didn't give us that sovereignty. It may have stated that it was already present, but the sovereignty is inherent. The Creator granted us our sovereignty, not the Constitution. So what we need to do is simply to understand that, meaning stand under that principle and not be willing to um, uh, abdicate the responsibility that comes with that understanding and that means standing up knowing first of all knowing what our rights truly are and what they are not and secondly being willing to stand up for those rights and defend them if they come under attack unfortunately the problem isn't 
in the language of the Constitution. The problem is in the fact that that understanding was not accurately enough conveyed to the people at large in a wider sense. That educational process was not done for the people that were here in this country during its founding. And therefore, that, uh, that depth of knowledge never really took full root and grew into a powerful force in this world, specifically in this country. That's the main nature of the problem, the failure in the, in the education of the people at large on the principles of natural law. The great, great questions and great call, Richard. I want to thank you so much. We're going to be continuing with people's calls on natural law, natural law principles, the manifestations of natural law in our world, and anything else that we've covered over the past nine weeks here on What on Earth is Happening on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere, folks. You don't want to miss this one. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today on the show, all calls, your calls on natural law and natural law principles and any questions that you may have regarding what we've covered uh, on natural law over the past uh, several weeks here on What on Earth is Happening. The call-in number for the show is 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. We do have uh, a caller in queue, so there's plenty of uh, spaces for more people to call in. Feel free to call in, and I'll get to your call as soon as possible. Caller uh, that is in queue, just hold on the line. I'll get to you in a moment. I just want to wrap up a couple of thoughts about uh, the Constitution, which was asked by uh, Richard in the last segment and uh, clarify some, some more things on that. And the, th- the aspect I want to talk about on that when it comes to natural law is language, okay, and how important language and the role of language plays in the, the conference of the understanding of natural law. See, if you can't understand something deeply enough to write it down, okay, uh, you certainly don't understand it deeply enough to speak it verbally. And this is what, this is what we lacked to, to the extent that it was present in large quantities in society during the time of the founding of this country. We needed more people who deeply understood these principles so much that they could speak it with clarity to other people and transfer that knowledge in a, in a big way, okay, in a very powerful way to other living beings. Unfortunately, the way I see it is that we did not have those numbers, just like we don't have them today. Okay, we have probably more people uh, as far as flat numbers go. I wouldn't say percentage-wise, but yeah, there's probably more living people alive in the world that understand these principles now than even did back then. But um, percentage-wise, I don't think it's changed very much. And what what the founders attempted to do, and I'm not saying this was a bad thing, this was a good thing, so I'm not attacking the Constitution as a whole, I'm saying they attempted to enshrine this knowledge to the extent that they understood it in um, frozen language, in written word. Now that's that's a step down in charge. It's a step down in energy from living spoken language. This is why the most powerful occult knowledge, 
the traditions of high-level occultism, hidden knowledge that is the most powerful knowledge there is to know, has always traditionally been handed down by word of mouth from lip to ear in the spoken living language of vibratory energy, speech. That is the way that the creator gifted us to be like the creator, okay, through the power of the word. Again, in the beginning was the word, the first words spoken by the creator in this allegorical story of the creation epic brought the universe into being through the force of vibration, the power of vibratory energy by the phrase, let there be light, Okay, so this is very powerful and important to understand the power of the spoken word. This is why I prefer to teach through speaking, through radio. And the speaking and listening is the most powerful dynamic of teaching and listening. It, it isn't, it, reading is extremely important. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm on here harping on people on the power of books, the importance of books, and how that goes hand in hand with human freedom. But, you know, once you have taken in knowledge through books, it becomes your responsibility based on what you now know to speak it into existence. The universe is spoken into existence. This is how natural law is conferred. This is how the understanding of natural law is conferred from one being to another. This is how natural law uh, is, is taught from parent to child and from, from master to teacher, okay, or uh, I'm sorry, teacher to student, not master, but you, you know what I mean, from, from someone who has a very deep grasp of it to someone who doesn't, has an incomplete or very little grasp of it, okay, so from a teacher to a student, um, uh, the power of the word cannot be underestimated, so that's more important than writing anything down, yeah, writing it down preserves it, but it also kind of freezes it. And that's why you have to be so ultra-specific about the language. When you're speaking something, you can flesh things out. You can give examples. You can hash out the fine details, okay, over a period of time. Writing something down is much more ambiguous because it leaves things open to different interpretations about what was actually being said versus being able to ask somebody something, which is why I'm doing the show today, to give people the opportunity to continue to ask questions and then clarify things. So let's go back to the calls and continue that process. Here we go. Dave in Montana, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Greetings, Mark. Thanks for having me. Uh, sure. I think one of, in my observations, I, one of the problems of, in natural law is uh, one of the self-evident truths that, you know, is stated in the declaration that that all men are created equal. I guess in a PC world, it would say all people are created equal. Sure. And a lot of people in America don't believe that. That's what I find. But they go right to the the mental or the strength or right. the wealth or that's right. They don't go. They don't go to the natural law. They, yes. They don't even see that. Yes. They don't, they go right to the physical stuff right away. No, we're not equal. Right. No, we're. You know, and and I'm saying no, we are, we are, we're we're all entitled to certain things. But then then they go right to the well. The great equalizer was the 45, you know, or the 
Colt 45, you know. <laughs> The that, I mean, you have a great understanding of this, and, and you have a great understanding of where people's understanding is failing. They go to the Darwinian aspect of it. That's where they want to think about uh, the uh, that all men are created equal. And again, this right. means and, and, all and, humanity is created equal is what it means. It means we're created equal in our rights. It doesn't mean that inherent capabilities are equal in every human being. It doesn't mean that qualities are necessarily completely equal in every human being or our talents are equal or our gifts or capabilities are equal. It means that we all are equal under the natural law, under our rights. Okay. We're, we're all equal in, in morality. We're all equal. And, right. Then that's where we got to separate the human from the animal because right. then they could, then they go right to the world in the natural law. Uh, the the lion eats the little baby right. male lion, right. you know, and they justify that to to take advantage of people that are of lesser economic. That's right. Or, the uh, they try to take it to the idea of survival of the fittest, which right. even wasn't one of Darwin's tenets. He believed in natural selection, but this survival of the fittest fittest aspect actually comes from the pseudoscience of eugenics. And um, you're, you're making really great points here about the misunderstanding, the, the preconceived notions that I people have of what natural law is. Yeah, continue. They're losing their, their spiritual side, or they don't think that there is a spiritual side. They, they seem like they want to go to the animal. Right. And I think as humans, we, we have something special, and we, we know that there is something more greater than, than, than this what's in front of us this That's right. this, this uh the greed system that we're in we got and but they don't want it that's too simple for them it seems like and they would rather go ahead and try to rip each other's throats out over stupid stuff dave let, let me expound on that point about animal versus human what if it's a little bit more complicated than that what if it is the fact is that maybe uh, people who come into incarnation on this planet aren't necessarily immediately born with what we consider a human soul. What if, what if we're born with a rough, animalistic type uh, consciousness underneath? And what the goal of life is, is in raising that up to become human. What if the goal is to to bear into existence a human soul, to create it? through what we learn and through the process of growth the and evolution kiln. here. To, to the kiln. Yeah, exactly. It's like the pottery, the That's pot. Right. You have to survive the kiln. Right. And the life is kiln, the kiln, I guess. You know, and a lot of people are cracking right now. Maybe I hope that they could survive the fire. Maybe we're we're born to create a human soul, and that's the purpose for us here. That that we don't automatically are handed that, but that's something that we have to make for ourselves through the work that we do upon ourselves while we're alive here. So, uh, Dave, right. phenomenal points, I, phenomenal. I think points. right. It's the, the one of the basics creed of our nation that is being lost, and they turn it into the dream of the American dream, which is like a house or a car. But no, the dream is that he holds certain truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, right. endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That's exactly That's right. the dream of America. That, that is what our dream and our goals indeed should be in this country and throughout the world, for that matter. Phenomenal call. 
Thanks so much for calling. You can take care, and we'll continue with your calls on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, folks. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today on the show, your calls. You're making the show here today. Um, We're talking about natural law, natural law principles, what our rights are under natural law. We could talk about the transgressions against natural law, the violation of our natural law rights that are taking place. We could talk about the dichotomy or dynamic of force versus violence. Uh, We could talk about specific examples of natural law and what would fall under the boundaries of natural law or what would uh, what would violate those uh, those principles. Um, we could uh, talk about how this di- this dynamic goes out into the world and creates the reality in which we live by the uh, m- vast majority of the people either living in harmony with natural law or living in opposition to natural law. So all of these things are on the table here today, and uh, you can call in with your questions or comments over the the topic of natural law that we've been covering over the past nine weeks here on What on Earth is Happening. The call-in number for the show, 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. I want to say a little bit more about uh, living language, actually. This is like a topic that I think goes hand-in-hand with natural law. Uh, I just recently watched a movie about a dystopian future. Imagine that. Where could anybody get such an idea of a horrible, nightmarish future that might be coming our way? I, I can't imagine myself, but uh, nonetheless, yes, there was a movie on a dystopian future. Uh, it was called Zenith, this movie. I, I definitely recommend checking it out. It was pretty bizarre and out there, but uh, I think it made a lot of important points about language, okay, about words and the power of words, and it had a pretty decent twist ending to it that I uh, found uh, it very interesting. Uh, the movie Zenith, okay, is about a future where everyone in the future has been genetically modified not to experience any negative emotions. Okay, this is what we I talk about all the time here, that our emotions are our, our guidance system. This is the compass for our moral direction in life. And if that is numbed out of existence, we are a ship on waters without a navigational system, not understanding where we're going or even where we've come from. And that's what this movie is ultimately about. What happens when you kill the goddess? What happens when you kill true care? What happens when you kill the ability to feel something deeply. And what happens in the movie, without giving away too much of the plot, is um, people become obsessed with attempting to experience pain. They want to bring the experience of pain into their life by some means or another. So drugs are sold on the black market that enable a negative uh, experience within the body. 
since these people have no capacity to feel anything negative anymore. And uh, people take drugs for the express purpose of feeling something bad uh, and they pay top dollar to do that. And um, w the underlying theme in the movie of the main character is that he uh, understands the importance of words and still has a tremendously large vocabulary and knows what all of these words mean. But words, in addition to emotions, have also been largely sanitized from the human population in the distant future. Okay? Uh, it's not too distant. It's like middle of the 21st century, actually. So, um, uh, the, the human vocabulary has shrunk to an alarmingly small level and people can't even communicate certain ideas anymore. They have an extra extraordinarily limited set of words that they can use to even communicate ideas to each other. Very, very similar to the concept put forward in George Orwell's novel 1984, where Newspeak is limit limiting words year after year after year to make the language smaller and smaller so that ideas cannot even be communicated anymore, that the state doesn't want able to be communicated. So really really uh, powerful concepts in that movie about the power of language. And uh, that has everything to do with natural law, ladies and gentlemen, because if we can't communicate effectively these uh, principles and ideas and concepts to uh, and philosophies to other people, it's very difficult for any sort of a real deep understanding or learning process to activate within another uh, human being and within their, uh, their soul, so to speak. So um, language is extremely important and uh, keeping uh, the, un the understanding of the power of words and language and again going down to their etymological roots and, and, and meanings is so important when understanding how this world is controlled uh, by people through words. So with that having been said, let's uh, go back and take another call. Here we go. Uh, Richard from Washington calling in with, with another question. Did you have another question or did I not uh, disconnect this call? Yeah, one last final question, sure. and this piggybacks on what the last caller, the ideal points that he brought sure. up, which were great points. Uh, it seems like the ideal uh, situation would be you form communities, or as the biblical model, churches of like-minded people that are practicing natural law. But if you're an individual and not in such an ideal, what is the individual's response? Is it the passive resistance of, of a Gandhi, or is it meeting violence against you with, with hopefully... Uh, greater violence to repel that violence. What is your take, and I know this is just your own opinion, yeah, I, I, on, on how you should respond as an individual? Sure. I would say you don't want to respond to violence with violence. You could respond with force if your natural law rights are being oppressed uh, with the necessary force to put down that act of aggression, which is violence. But, uh, you know, violence is never right in any circumstances. Um, what I would say, and I, I still have you on the line, there's just a little bit of noise coming through on your line, so I've just muted the call, and I'll bring you back up to respond to any of this. But um, uh, I would say that, yes, passive resistance, what you're not willing to do to support this immoral system is of utmost importance. I always say that the negative is always actually more powerful than the positive. What you, what you can do by stopping doing things is much more powerful than what you could do by starting new things. And I know a lot, there's a lot of people out there that will take umbrage with that and will say, oh, that's not within the law of attraction. That, that's, 
this new age notion of that it always has to be something positive and that you can never state that something is morally wrong because you're 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 drawing an attraction to that negative energy is not the way the law of attraction works ladies and gentlemen this is a bastardization of the true law of attraction the true law of attraction as i talked about is really the the dynamics of how natural law functions in this world the natural law expressions that's why i subtitled that show the true law of attraction it's so important to understand the apophatic pathway to truth and freedom through the negation through understanding what the wrongs are and then desisting from performing any of those tasks or functions that's how this satanic mindset is 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 flourishing that's how this satanic force in the world flourishes and grows in strength and power by continuing to have people who are willing to accept doing wrong things in the guise of right in the guise that they're that they're actually doing something that is right in the long term but yet in the moment they're actually doing things that are completely against natural law that are complete transgressions against other people's natural law rights the most powerful way that any individual can combat this dark new world order satanic totalitarian totalitarian system that is coming into our world in full swing is to desist from from fueling it from giving it any of their personal power or free will and that amounts to pulling back from anything that supports this negative system and stopping taking any of the actions which hold this system up support it and allow it to continue to grow so that's how I would respond to that Richard your thoughts on that uh, then if that's the case, I would assume you were supporting uh, like groups such as Karen Tostado and secondarily, though not as, as it seems to be somewhat corrupted. Uh, Are you talking about United We Strike? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's about re refusing to cooperate with this system. Exactly. And so then how do you put the, the uh, strike on Wall Street uh, crowd? Do you think that's a step or do you think that's a totally corrupted version of, of I personally uh, think Gandhian it's, resistance? I personally think it's a corrupted version because I've gone down there to try to uh, take in the dynamic myself. And there's a very low consciousness regarding the role of government. And there's low consciousness regarding the use of violence. Uh, it is. It seems like they want to trade one set of chains for another because they want to be the people in hold of the uh, the gun. They want to. They want to have the gun in their hands, so to speak, as opposed to it being in someone else's hands. And I know that's kind of a harsh way of looking at it, but I'm just telling you what I've seen from my dynamic of being down there for over about 20 hours and talking to people uh, on the street. Uh, they they don't understand the causal fundamental causal factors. That's what they need to gain. More Introducing knowledge of the world's first and only. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today is Sunday, October 23rd, 2011, and the whole show is a call-in show today on natural law, natural law principles, natural law expressions, and dynamics, and anything else that you want to talk about regarding natural law, morality, uh, the non-aggression principle, human rights, 
um, and anything that goes hand in hand with those things uh, as far as the dynamic of human freedom is concerned. Uh, before the last break, we were talking with Richard in Washington State, and he was uh, asking a question about the Occupy Wall Street protests and what my take was on that. And, you know, I really did approach this with an open mind and tried to ascertain whether this was a well-guided, grassroots, concerned protest. And yes, it may have started out as that, but I see a lot of co-opting taking place. I see a lot of people with political agendas inserting their uh, influence and their um, uh, force as far as uh, it goes within this movement. Um, I see these unions coming in who have very little understanding of the dynamic, the causal underlying dynamic in consciousness. Um, I see a lot of people who advocate the aggression principle there. Uh, and I, I, what I mean by that is um, uh, setting up the apparatus of government uh, of the state uh, as the nanny system in order to uh, take from the rich and give to the poor, in order to protect our natural law rights, which is the fundamental flaw that started this problem to begin with. That, that those rights cannot be transferred or conferred to another living person. They have to be reserved. All rights reserved is the concept we need to understand. That I don't abdicate any of my fundamental natural law rights to another living being. Whether it be, is the rights that I actively have a right to do or to protect, okay, by using whatever force may be required to protect those rights. And that means I don't give those rights over to government in order to say, this is now my fundamental father figure and protector because I fear the chaos that might happen if that daddy figure were not there. And this is what the people who are members of this movement, I have to say, uh, almost universally, Okay, They believe in this principle of handing over natural law rights to a subset of human beings and giving them that power over violence, giving them violence, putting violence into their hands. They're just upset that those reins are in the hands of other people and not them. They want to take those reins. And what that would be doing societally is just trading one set of chains for another set of chains. It would not be moving toward more freedom. No matter who's hand the government is in, if it's pointed at the head of the people, the people are always enslaved. We need to understand that that, that um, principle, that violence, it's not a principle, it's an ideology. That ideology of violence is what needs to be laid down. You know, th these people are talking taxation, again, which is fundamentally violence. This is what we talked about in the force versus violence show. Fundamental violence is what taxation ultimately is based upon. And until we're willing to let go of that concept that no one has that right and that right can't be given to any group of people no matter who thinks it's a good idea, okay, we're never really going to be free. I want to, again, draw people's attention. I believe it was show number 80 or 79 or 80. I'm not quite sure. You can go and check the podcast archive. I posted a PDF document of um, – uh, the true political spectrum, okay? And this is a graph that shows the political spectrum as a function of consciousness. This is where the fake political spectrum that is taught in school and is taught in different sociology classes and different uh, politics classes is, um, is, is, fundamentally, is fundamentally flawed. Um, they have this flat line graph that goes from left to right and it ignores consciousness in the equation. It doesn't plot 
the graph of government against anything. It just draws a flat line. And that's not exactly true. We need to understand that, that these forms of government need to be plotted against consciousness level. Okay, and I'll post this image that I came up with uh, with this podcast you know as well. the Constitution like the back of your hand. Welcome back. This is What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I apologize in the last segment. I uh, ran through the break a little bit. I wasn't paying attention to the clock. That was the short segment. It kind of got me there. I got to be more wary of that. But um, uh, before that uh, break uh, cut me off, I was talking about the uh, political spectrum graph that I have come up with and posted to the site. Um, that I, I'm trying to get people to understand the type of government that we have is a direct correlation to the type of consciousness that is reigning in the people as a whole. It's that simple. As consciousness is low, government becomes total. As consciousness rises up, okay, and goes to higher levels of awareness, there is more freedom. This is a fundamental truth. This is a fundamental law of nature. This is how natural law works. This graph really needs to be looked at in conjunction with natural law, which is why I posted it at this time in the show. And it is podcast 80, but I'm going to post it with this podcast as well, 82. I'll repost that PDF document. It's really well worth everyone checking out uh, because, again, this is the dynamic that is left out of the political spectrum when other people uh, try to convey it or or um, um, communicate this uh, spectrum of government to other people. They're leaving out something fundamental that it isn't about left centrist and right. It's about it's about total government versus freedom, and that relationship to consciousness. That's what the political spectrum is actually about. And of course, consciousness is always left out of the equation when it comes to politics and uh, uh, mainstream um, quote-unquote education and science. So with that having been said, let's move on and take a couple of new calls. Here we go. Celine in Washington, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. How are you? Hello. Mark, hey. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good. I've been listening to you the last several weeks. I really like your show. I listen to it at work. Thank uh, you. I appreciate read that. Some of your, some of the PDFs, uh, End of All Evil, and uh, The Stellar Man. I like those two. Yeah, um, they're great. I work. Uh, I'm in a pretty precarious scenario that would probably be worth uh, you analyzing and getting your feedback. Uh, I work in a, a prison tower. I watch a yard, uh, and I have deadly force capabilities. And, um, you know, there's a fine line that I walk, and I'm trying to find out what your take is on stopping violence that's happening to other people, you know, intervening on violence between other people. Right. What is your take on that? Well, I'm not a fan of any prison systems at all. Uh, I've said on the show in the past something that people would consider extraordinarily extremist, 
Okay. My take on the prison system, what I think should be done with all prisoners is that they should be immediately released from their prison cages. The, the doors should be open. They should be immediately released and they should be allowed to flood right back into the communities that they came out of where they grew up in. Because that's what created these individuals. The conditions right. of the community in which they were not raised, okay, led to them becoming hardened criminals and, the, and developing the criminal mindset. And that is the responsibility of all of those communities. And I know that's harsh and I know people will say, well, there's not that much education in certain communities and that's why this happens. Yeah, that is why this happens. That's the problem. What needs to happen is there needs to be more and more and more suffering brought into those communities until they recognize they cannot ignore natural law. They cannot ignore education. You can never be free and ignorant simultaneously. That condition does not exist. The only way to freedom is through the education of the self is through wanting knowledge, considering knowledge important, considering truth important. If you went back into the communities where these people uh, grew up and you handed people a piece of paper and said, write on that piece of paper the, f the three things that you value the most in human life, and it could be anything, I will guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, guaranteed without knowing any of those people, I don't need to know them personally, I will guarantee you, the word truth will not be found on one of those pieces of paper. It will not be found. And that is the dynamic that is causing, that's the causal relationship to why people like that exist in our communities. And then what we want to do is abdicate our responsibility to learn ourselves and then to teach our young, ourselves, through an act of our own will, okay, and our own persistence to truly raise our young in consciousness and in conscience, we want to abdicate that responsibility, okay, to another subset of people to say, well, you take care of that for us. And if this person grows up to be a monster or an animal, then you come in and clean up our neighborhood and you clean up our situation. You take them away from this area and you put them into, into isolated cages that is completely away from where we're at. And as a matter of fact, we don't want that here, by the way. We don't even want that in our backyard, by the way. Let's get it as far away from us as possible and we just ignore that this imbalance that created this dynamic to begin with doesn't even exist. Let's just pretend it doesn't even exist. Then what we'll do is we'll create a huge black hole of funding that we constantly pour our effort and resources in to pay all the people that it takes to keep this prison industrial complex running and this big black hole machine keeps eating all of our resources and we keep hiring more and more people to, to fund this big black hole and putting more and more resources into it that we could be putting into our communities to properly morally educate our young. That's the dynamic that's at work uh, with the prison you're system. Totally, you're totally right, Mark. You're totally onto it. And I've, you know, I've been taking a beating from you listening to your show the last, you know, several weeks. But, you know, I really, I'm trying to integrate this. You know, I'm trying to, you know, I believe that you're, I'm the person that you're trying to uh, convey this Absolutely. information to. Absolutely. I'm trying to integrate this, integrate natural law. And, um, you know, 
I'm trying to integrate these principles into what I do and, and, and sir, what my coworkers and it, do. And I know that we're a, a, a group that isn't easily penetrated. And right, you right. talked about, you know, they're a group of people that are hang out with each other. And, and you're right, you know. Sir, um, let, let me say I, this. It's, I, it's, it's not a personal thing. It's not a personal vendetta. It's simply tough love. That's what it is. Right. This is not put out there in any way of hatred or derision. It is put out there because I am trying to help people to understand the causal dynamics of what's going on in their world so that they can make the decision to change themselves. And only in doing that will this dynamic ever be changed for the better. That's why I do cool. this. So, you know, don't take it as I'm beating up on you. Take it as just a tough love lesson. It's simply I have understood these dynamics and have studied them for my life. This is all I've really done, you know, for, since I was really old enough to read, believe it or not. Okay, it took yeah, me a long time to get sense. it. I rejected it. Believe me, I rejected it, sir, much more than you probably ever did. If you understood what I was like when I was young, you would not have even wanted to start a conversation with me. How much into eugenics I was, how much into totalitarian forms of government I was, how much into the dark occult, how deep down into that world of darkness and hatred I went. You see, that, that hindsight, that, that hindsight is often 2020. Sometimes the people who have reached the depths of darkness really have the ability to turn around and ascend to the greatest heights because without that darkness in hindsight they can never really have come to the the, the height of knowledge that they have arrived at either so it's a blessing the in disguise Oracle broadcasting radio network okay folks we're back this is what on earth is happening i'm mark passio my website what on earth is what a great show this has been so far. We've had some phenomenal callers, and uh, we have a caller in from Washington. Uh, caller, are you still with us? Yes, sir. Great. I wanted to address your question about, uh, you know, that you're out there and uh, you are armed and you have the, uh, the authorized or sanctioned use of deadly force at your disposal uh, with the people that you're, you are charged to guard. So uh, one of the fundamental right. questions that I think needs to be asked in this dynamic is, number one, um, what is right livelihood to begin with? This is a Buddhist concept, but it's a concept that applies very much with natural law. We need to understand that if we do accept that natural law exists, okay, and it does exist, but it's a matter of whether we have made that recognition uh, an acceptance in our own consciousness as to its existence and as to whether the most important dynamic that we could ever possibly do good through, do good work through, is the understanding of natural law, the living in harmony with it, and the attempt to convey that information to other people to help them to understand how these laws of nature work around us, to bring us the effects that we witness and must experience in our life. So with that knowledge uh, comes the question, what then becomes a proper way of earning one's daily bread? And um, that is a question that only an individual can ask to themselves, and they have to be able to answer it honestly to themselves. Part of the first hermetic uh, uh, acts of initiation, okay, when you're going into a deep order 
of uh, with with vows of uh, initiation to transform one's consciousness. Okay, uh, and, and this has been since time immemorial, since these mystery traditions and schools have existed. One of the very, very, very first tenets and the first uh, trials they actually kind of refer to the them as is one must no longer lie to oneself. That is the first tenet of initiatory um, tra uh, traditions. The, the, the desisting in telling oneself what one wants to hear, what the self, the, the lowercase s self wants to hear, what the ego wants to hear to justify the actions that it is currently engaged in. And that is the whole, that is the process of introspection that needs to be done to determine right livelihood. So that's how I would respond to that. The fundamental question that needs to be asked is, is what you are being asked to do equivalent or worth the taking of another human being's life? Okay. Now, okay, maybe they are violent individuals. Maybe they have performed violent deeds. Maybe some of them have not performed violent deeds. The state puts all kinds of people into cages, people who have not done violent deeds in their lives who may not want to be there. Okay, so that's this is another dynamic that needs to be taken into account. So it's a very complex question, and the only person that can answer that is you. Right? That's yeah, that's why I say it's a precarious scenario. Um, how about uh, you know someone's escaping? You know they haven't committed violence, but right. they're you know they're. They may go com commit violence. Do I mean, you know whether they even have? Maybe they've never committed violence. See, they could right. be in that situation and never have committed violence. You know, there's voluntary right. transactions that lead you into a jail cell in the modern day that are arbitrary yep. rules, that are arbitrary regulations imposed by, by statists that, you know, look back in, in the 1920s, alcohol was illegal, you know. If you would have uh, uh, bought or sold alcohol back then, it could have landed you in, in a cage, and if you tried to escape, you might have been shot. Now, today, you could drink alcohol liberally, and it's not illegal. So the same very act, n neither act involved violence, but one would have landed you in a cage and possibly gotten you killed for trying to get out of that cage. So we, we have to understand how arbitrary man's law is and how non-arbitrary natural law is. See, that's the dichotomy. That's the difference that needs to be appreciated and deeply understood. That's why next week on the show, all show, all I'm going to be talking about is the, the difference between man's law and natural law. Why man has created his law thinking that he's allowed to write down laws at all, to make laws. This is the creator's domain. This isn't man's right to write down laws. We only believe that this is our right to do this. Okay, it's all based in fundamental mind control. All right. And most of all, it's based in people wanting to abdicate their free will and their responsibility to other people to protect them. No one else protects me. No one with a gun protects me. No one with a badge protects me. No one who writes any laws down protects me. No judge protects me. No jury protects me. No government protects me. Only the adherence to natural law principles ever creates any protection for me in my life, ever, ever. And this is yeah, true you're, since, you're totally the, right, Mark. since the dawn of civilization to the end of the universe. This is true. But it, it's, it, there's so much built-up conditioning that has led us into the acceptance of all these fundamentally flawed axioms. 
and has and has made us attached to them to think that they're eternally necessary. So, you know, I, and I, I have to try not to be so harsh and judgmental against other people for falling into those traps because it's a powerful form of mind control and repetition that gets that ingrained into the consciousness. I, I bought it myself. I, I am no, I'm not immune to this. I was not immune to this. I am now, but I was at one point not immune to this. I fell for it, all of it too. I fell for it in a way that's that's not even arguably, that's definitively much worse than the ways many people fall for, fall for it. And I come on the air and readily and openly admit that to people out in the open because I was just as, as fundamentally flawed in my beliefs as people are in theirs now in hindsight. When I, when I look at it, I can't say I was never there. I was there. Yeah, that's okay. Hey, I, you know, I was totally immersed in, you know, the darkness and now this man-made hell before I knew anything about natural law. And, and now in the last year, I've come to, you know, the realizations of, of, of the nature of, of, you know, the circumstances. And, you know, it's really, I'm living on two different levels here. And it's, it's tough. I'm walking the line still. And I can totally just throw it all and, and go and, and, and totally revamp everything. But I think I'm, I'm doing the work from within well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with this and, you know, um, maybe, maybe you'll take this as I'm, you know, throwing another punch. I hope you won't take it that way, but here's what I'm going to leave you with. Check out the allegorical movie. They live. If you haven't already seen it, it's one of the best science yeah, fiction allegories, it. but wa watch it again. Okay. Watch the part specifically where the two, um, heroes, so to speak in the movie, uh, Piper, who plays the role of Nada, and uh, the uh, the African American gentleman—I can't remember his name in the movie—but uh, um, watch them talking about the society in which they live. Okay, two scenes: one where they're in the construction lot, like when they're eating lunch, and uh, Piper's uh, talking to the the African American guy and saying. You know, well, I want to know what was going on there. And he tells him, leave it alone. Don't get involved in anything else. He's like, I don't get involved in stuff that's none of my business because I'm always walking the line. I'm always careful to be on that center line, not too far to one extreme or another. And Piper responds, the character that Piper plays responds by saying, the white line is in the middle of the road. That's the worst place to be driving. Okay. What he means by that is when a condition of imbalance and a condition of injustice has already been created in our world. We cannot choose the place of uh, walking the line or not taking a polarity, not polarizing ourselves to either the side of the extreme level of injustice or the extreme level of truth and combating that injustice. This is what Jesus in the New Testament meant when he said that he uh, thinks that the people in the best places are the, the very cold and the very hot, but the lukewarm are the damned. That's what he meant when he said that. It's, it's basic natural law principles that when an extreme form of imbalance has been created in our environment, the, the best place to be is at a place of extreme polarization.
Okay, folks, we're back. This is What on Earth is Happening. I got cut off by that last break again. I apologize for that once again. But uh, we have this great call going on uh, with a, a prison guard in Washington who was asking the question about uh, whether, you know, in the, the line of his duties for his job, you know, he would have the right to uh, exert deadly force. And I said, you know, we need to understand that we have to ask ourselves the question, what is right livelihood to begin with? And uh should our actions be used to do this, uh, is that really causing any fundamental good in society at the, uh, really at the level of causality? Because that's the thing. We can continue to try to put bandages on self-inflicted wounds. The wound is being created by not enough, uh, understanding within ourselves of natural law and moral principles and not conveying that through the educational process. Our educational process, our quote-unquote educational process is leaving out those principles altogether and not teaching them at all, okay? So I'd like to read a small quote in the uh, uh, Stellar Man, the book The Stellar Man. Uh, it says, according to the Kaibalion, the undesirable, okay, the undesirable element is slain by changing its polarity. Illness and death can only be converted to health by changing its polarity through the power of the mind, which polarizes at the extreme opposite of what it is trying to overcome. Okay? Logically, it is only possible to transmute opposites of the same thing, as it would not be possible in any way to transmute a pear into a peach. But it would be tr possible to transform a green pear into a ripe pear. What he means by this is when there is a condition of imbalance, only through rising, okay, through law, capital L, through natural law, to a place of polarization, do we rise ourselves up enough to overcome that imbalance. If we stay within the imbalance, that's staying in the middle. The, it's not where the pendulum swing is, swing is at. Okay, it's not a point of polarity. Okay, the point of polarity would be one extreme or the other. And again, this is reflected in the New Testament by the idea that the cold and the hot are in the places where they need to be, but the lukewarm is the worst place to be. Okay, another uh, quote in the uh, Stellar Man is about the, how this dynamic works in the realm of cause and effect which we've talked about over the last few weeks. He says the lower world of effects is the physical plane. This is where we're trying to solve the problem at. And what I'm asking in this to answer this question is, is that where you're most effective in solving this problem? It doesn't matter that you're doing this for your daily, your weekly paycheck or whatever. Okay, There are other methods of earning a living to get money to eat or to put money on, you know, to put food on your family's table. What I'm asking is the only reason we should ever be doing anything is because we think we're doing good as a result of doing that thing. You know, too many people justify what they're doing by saying, I only am doing this because I'm getting paid and I need money to live. That's not a reason for doing anything. The Nazis said that that's why they were doing what they were doing. It's just my job. This is how I survive. That's not good enough. Ever. It's never a good enough answer for anybody, whether they're in a job that uh, is not doing any level of harm or any physical violence to anybody or not. We should be doing things because we want to do them because we recognize that it's doing something good for people. So he says the lower world of effects 
is the physical plane. The superior world of causes is the plane of the emanation of life. The hermeticist, in order to accomplish a process of transmutation, meaning true change into a higher form, rises to the world of his superior I, and he means the higher self, the concept that I call the higher self, and polarizes himself through his mind in the pole opposite to the vibration he wishes to destroy or eliminate. Think about that. You polarize yourself through your mind, through your understanding, through knowledge, okay, and toward the pole to the vibration, okay, that opposite to the pole of the vibration that you wish to eliminate. So if you wish to eliminate the dichotomy of violence and the dichotomy of ignorance, which leads to the conditions of people doing these tasks that land them in prison, these, these uh, actions that land them in a prison cell, you, you need to rise in the mind to the opposite polarity and polarize yourself there to a place of, of true intelligence, holistic intelligence, higher level knowledge of causal dynamics, of causality, okay? And in the polarization toward those truths and that knowledge, that's where we can do the most good. We can never do the most good by being one of the people who provides the bandages for the self-inflicted wounds. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave that call at that because I think I've said enough on it and I don't want to hammer too much. I want to leave f food for thought and uh, let the gentleman make his own decision because ultimately no one can ever make that decision for us. It's ultimately ours and only ours. I know, I know what I have chosen, and I can only put the word out there. I can't make anyone change. So let's move on to a couple more callers. Here we go. Um, all right. Private caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. How are you, and what do you have for us today? Caller, are you there? Uh, am I on? Yes, you are. You're live. Am I on? You are. Can you hear me? Oh, um. Yes, I can hear you. Great. I'm sorry. Hi, Mark. It's Saray. Hey, Saray. How are you? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Saray oh, Thomas, one of the organizers of the Free Your Mind conference that uh, did a lot of great work uh, organizing for the conference and actually acted as a ticket taker at the door. So uh, everyone uh, has uh, this young lady to thank for helping to put on one of the best conferences ever on the East Coast. Uh, Saray, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. I love your show. I do listen to it. I have to catch up during podcasts and everything because sometimes I'm not home on Sundays. No but, problem. Um, I actually had a question with like natural law and the whole um, Occupy uh, Wall Street type thing. Sure. Like, um, so in order for people, the government to get people to go along with the program, as you were saying, they have to convince them that or trick them out of their natural law right into following taxation and everything like sure. that. Yes. Um, and what I had read about the Occupy um, Wall Street thing was that it's basically Illuminati funded. Like they had George Soros up there as one of the funders and a couple of other people. And also what was really interesting is the fact that people were like, oh, Obama, we're your army. Like some of the younger people in the crowd who were protesting were saying right. this. Sure. And it's like, wait a minute now, the government and everything is the reason why we're in this mess. And especially right. with Obama, he's evil. He's Brzezinski's protege. I agree. And it's like, so I was just wondering, 
what you thought of the whole thing in because I think sure. the whole thing that sat up. I mean, they brought yeah. those people up there, like what was the Brooklyn Bridge up in New York, and right. arrested the whole lot. It was like a hundred of them just gathered them out in the street, trapped them, and arrested them. A lot of people are talking about but this, I, and this does come down to the dynamic of natural law and and uh, polarity and uh, and uh, balance, etc. Because. Uh, what I feel this is ultimately leading to is a huge polarization effect, but not for the good. It's a polarization effect for a Hegelian dynamic, okay, the Hegelian dialectical uh, response. Um, this is the uh, Republican right-wing, the response to the Republican right-wing Tea Party dynamic. That was co-opted by the Republican Party. This is being co-opted by the left-wing um, uh, liberalist uh, mindset and the socialist mindset that is out there that is very prevalent in the Democratic Party and they're trying to make this they're trying to co-opt this Occupy Wall Street thing into making it their Tea Party so to speak okay some people have even gone so far as to say that the Tea Party has become like the mainstream Republicans once were and they're really the the, the kind of a uh, uh, ruling dynamic in the Republican wing, and that's what they want to make the Occupy Wall Street dynamic as in the Democratic wing. And it's quite possible that that's what's happening. As for who's funding it, I can't say specifically. There has been names thrown about, and possibly Soros is one of them. I don't know that I have that definitive knowledge about that, but it's certainly possible um, because there's a lot of money being spent to keep these people where they're at, and um, that doesn't just happen. You know, and not certainly without well, yeah, you know, attending attending daily jobs and taking money in uh, uh, in order to to keep those resources flowing. So it's being funded by someone. Certainly, it's and something that is beyond a grassroots thing. I think it may have began as a grassroots thing, but things like that that have numbers to them get quickly co opted and steered in a particular direction. The dynamic that I've been trying to address to, uh, uh, regarding this always comes back to natural law and the non aggression principle. They can't be advocating the same forms of violence that the government that got us into this mess have been enacting, okay? That's what they're doing. They seem, again, to want to take the gun out of the hands of the government but put it in their own hands. The other thing, you can never create real change with only two out of the three dynamics necessary for change without, without knowledge. It doesn't matter how much you care or how much you're willing to act. The result is ultimately doomed to failure because you don't have broad and depth uh, uh, enough field of knowledge to really understand the causal dynamics at work. And that's all about how natural law functions in our world. You know so the I Constitution like the best. Welcome back, everyone. Last segment today for What on Earth is Happening, and it's been a great show. We've had a lot of phenomenal callers. We are still on the line with Saray from Philadelphia, who was one of the organizers of the Free Your Mind Conference. We were talking about Occupy Wall Street. I was saying that, you know, without adequate depth and breadth of knowledge uh, of the causal fundamental dynamics that have led us into this situation, uh, any effort, no matter how much uh, care may be behind it, or no matter how much um, will to act may be present, is always going to be able to be led astray or misguided. Saray, what do you uh, think about that? Well, I mean, I think that's absolutely true, because like a lot of people up there didn't seem to be doing their research on the government who's causing all this stuff, and they're looking at Wall Street. 
well, why is it called Occupy Wall Street? Why not Occupy the damn White House, excuse my French, or the Federal Reserve? And right. then from what I was hearing, like Obama's planning on shutting down the banks anyway. Like they're saying you better take all your money out of Bank of America because that's going like down under. Because everybody's just doing what he wants because he's planning on deregulizing the banks and making it just pure government control. So, Yeah, the, the federalization of uh, all of those institutions is definitely something I think they have had planned for a long time anyway. I agree that government is the main crux of the problem, but that problem lies in consciousness. And this is a word that no one's really talking about there. I mean, they're talking about the redistribution of wealth and resources through, through violence, you know. Uh, it's the non-aggression principle isn't really being discussed there. Um, consciousness is something you very rarely even hear being spoken down there. Um, and I was out there for two whole days and I, I think I talked with a lot of people and tried to get as widespread of a, um, uh, of a feel for the vibe down there for the vibrational energy that is present there. And I, 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 I you know, I'm not trying to be overtly nasty or harsh. I'm just trying to accurate, accurately portray to people what I witnessed in as, in as uh, realistic of a way as I can convey it in words. And what I see is people that do not have enough fundamental knowledge of the causal factors. And the causal factors lie in consciousness and lie in the dynamic of understanding natural law or not understanding it. And what I would say you have there are people who much more so than, than do, do not understand natural law. The, very, the overwhelming majority of people there have no concept of how natural law functions. And as such, they can have no concept of how, what the true dynamic that led us into this situation is. I say it's like um, the movie The Matrix. The second part of the allegory is the most powerful, the, the, the second movie. Uh, Matrix Reloaded. People should go back and watch that one. And you know, I I know I'm bringing up a yet another movie allegory, but these are powerful allegories. It's not about a science fiction movie. It's about what's being said through the science fiction to try to inject it into the mass consciousness of people who don't read books anymore, but go out to Hollywood, watch Hollywood movies. And what's being said in that uh, middle scene, in that all important scene in the middle of the second Matrix movie. When the heroes are looking for the key maker, you know, the dynamic that unlocks all of the locks on their prison cell doors to get out of the matrix of control. They, that key maker is being held hostage by the Merovingian. He represents the ancient bloodlines that control the ancient knowledge of the occult. That's who the Merovingian represents in the movie. It's, it's a representation, okay, that character. And what he tells these uh, three quote-unquote heroes in the movie is that they have come without the, the answer to the question why. They don't know why they're there, meaning they don't know the fundamental causal dynamics to what led them into that situation in which they are embedded right now and because they have come to him without any power without why he says they have come to them with him without any power see they have come without causality come trying to address the world of effects not rising up to the plane of causality and addressing the problem from there and in doing so in coming without why they have come without power 
So he says that he sees no reason why he should relinquish the dynamic, relinquish the real power to them, relinquish the key maker to them, which represents the algorithm that will actually unlock other people's minds. Okay, so he sees no reason he should relinquish his power. And I'm in full agreement with that. These, the people who are in the real ruling positions of power are never going to relinquish their control to people who are only recognizing the symptoms at the level of the world of effects. It never works like that. There is no power there. There is no power there because there is no recognition of causality there. Until we rise up to a higher level of consciousness and address the problem at the level of causality, we are powerless. Very, very, very powerful allegory in the second Matrix movie. So, the right, Saray, I want to thank you for your call. Thanks for your support of the show and the work that you do. And uh, you have a great one. I'm going to move on and take uh, one more caller here today on this uh, all call. And so, so Saray, Saray, thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. You got it. You have a good one. Take care. Okay, here we go. Let's uh, take one more call before we uh, go out uh, for, for this edition. Let's go to Mike in New York. Mike in New York, welcome. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Hello, Mike. Are you there? Hi, Mark. Do you hear me? Hey, Mike. There you are. Great. Hello. Yes, I hear you. Uh, well, okay, uh, thanks for taking my call. Great show. Sure, thank uh, you. I was giving you... Uh, I want to talk about how uh, you guys really brought it up at the end on what I was trying to get in and talk about is um, we're, we're so, you know, once we, we sort of figure out that something's going on, uh, you know, first thing we do is we try and get, you know, information. That's the first uh, word. The second, and then we realize, we come to a conclusion that we, all, all this information has brought us to a point that we realize that we need now wisdom and that we're, we're lacking it. Uh, so once we once we um, do more work, maybe read more, do more internal work, um, we come to uh, a reflective point where we realize that you know, this is a, an ongoing thing, and uh, that natural law really inhabits what the major problem is on this planet, and that if if really you know over fifty percent of this planet figures it out. Uh, you know, there would be there would be no question. You know, it, it would be uh, taught in school. It would be, it would be as you know as as natural as what goes up must come down. That's right. You know, with gravity. And uh, once we approach, you know, everybody approaches the problem with a different solution. So uh, some we find out work. Some some we find out work, work better than others. But really, what I what I what I see is that a, a polarity on this planet where everybody's trying to go a million different ways. Where you know it, it's almost like some are most are banging their head against the wall. Some are really trying to make uh, change. Some are some are really good at it. But I feel that you know as as far apart as we are dividing, there's going to be something that you know what goes eventually goes so far apart must come back together and unify. Um, and, you know, and vice versa. So I really feel that, that there's something out there that's really going to, uh, you know, drive home the point where we become unified. Or if we don't, uh, we fall into tyranny. I absolutely agree. And that's 
a, a great analysis of what the dynamic here really is and what needs to happen. Because if we could get a majority of people to understand the dynamics of natural law and how they really work to bring us our experiences and how we're creating that dynamic through our choices and our actions, it would be game over in a very short ordered order of time. This is why this exactly. knowledge is the most occulted. This is why it's the most held back from people and why it is, it is not going to be discussed or, or brought out there by the p people in the positions of power who want to maintain that earthly temporal power. That's why we need to do this work to bring this information out to as wide of, a, of an audience as it is possible to do. Uh, that's why uh, I'm doing what I'm doing and that's why so many other people are doing the work that they're doing. And We have to not only continue that but we need to accept expand and get more people involved in that work and constantly be uh, building on this work of um, spreading this light of truth out into the world. Absolutely. Um, one, one other thing I want to uh, uh, mention is we need to really deeply, deeply understand the concept that until we get to the level of consciousness that we understand that if one other individual is suffering okay if there is suffering or in inequality or injustice happening to any one individual it is happening to everyone that's why we are only as strong as our weakest exactly that that is the dynamic that we need to integrate our own thoughts our own emotions and our own actions through the process that you mentioned of bringing together information into understanding and then converting it into wisdom by acting in the right way. Mike, phenomenal call. The All Oracle callers. Broadcasting Radio Network.